0: America, happy Saturday. You're probably exhausted. You ate too much turkey, then you did too much shopping on Black Friday, so today you're kicking up, oh no, wait a second, you're going out and decorating the house for Christmas. I'm sorry, you probably are. Well, if you're doing any of those, maybe you just decide to kick your shoes off and blow the whistle and take a time out today. We've got some great food for thought for you today. Lou Dobbs, a great journalist, a great financial mind, one of the most influential voices in all of politics. He's going to kick things off at the top of the show. He has some thoughts about the Republican National Committee, the House Speaker, and a whole lot more. You're going to want to hear that. Then we're going to take a trip down to Arizona and visit with our good friend, Brandon Judd. He is the head of the Border Patrol Union that represents all of our Border Patrol agents. He gives us a very candid assessment of what's going on at the border and why he and so many of his agents are so worried about the immediate future and what security threats may have already crossed this border. He's also going to spend a few minutes on a subject that doesn't get talked enough about, the heroism of our Border Patrol agents. They dive into the water and rescue people. They go into car wrecks. They comfort women who come across the border having just been raped. Brandon Judd, we're going to pay tribute to the men and women of the Border Patrol, something we can all be thankful for on this Thanksgiving weekend. And then we'll wrap up with another woman who's got a really good feel story. I'm pretty excited about this. Brandy King, lieutenant colonel in the Air Force Reserves. Well, she got fired for refusing the COVID vaccine. They wouldn't recognize her religious exemption. But a funny thing happened. The military called back and said, Brandy, come home. Come back. We want you back. They actually sent her a letter soliciting her to rejoin and even to help her wipe away her discharge. Brandy King, Lieutenant Colonel Hero for fighting for freedom inside our military, going to join us in the last block of the show. That's a great show. I'm really excited about that. Hey, folks, before we go to commercial break, you know one of the best partnerships we have here at Just the News is with our friends at AMAC, the Association of which are American citizens. I'm a member. I'm a five-year membership member. I love these guys. I went all in on five years. You get discounts. You get political insights. You get political wisdom. You get a great podcast. You get a monthly magazine, daily news feed, and the opportunity to join AMAC Action and engage on some incredible civic opportunities like being an election observer or talking to your state legislator or even talking to your member of congress now if you want to join me in joining such a great civic organization you're really joining a family not a group it's not a service it's a family of like-minded americans patriots freedom-loving americans go to amac.us slash just news one more time amac a-m-a-c slash just news go get your membership today you will not be disappointed all right folks when we come back the one the only lou dobbs joining us at the top of the hour committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward in investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections.
1: Welcome back everybody. I'm gonna cut straight to the chase because our next guest is someone who we not only love having on the show, but he has so much wisdom with respect to everything that affects our great nation. The great Lou Dobbs, host of The Great America Podcast. We love him so much, The Great America Show. Excuse me, Lou, it's wonderful to see you. Before we dive smack into politics, I just wanted to get your top line thoughts on the passing of former first lady, Rosalind Carter. She, She was a humanitarian, but she made so many contributions outside the scope of politics to our country, and uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts.
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's a remarkable story, their marriage, uh, their lo- th- you know, their love over the course of almost eight uh, decades. Uh, she, uh, to be candid, uh, Jimmy Carter, President Carter, I didn't agree with many of his policies, but I have to say to you that uh, he was always a gentleman in person, uh, a, a, he's a great American, Uh, And Rosalind was uh, gracious at all times. She was a wonderful first lady for this country. Uh, She was a bundle of energy and just positive energy uh, every time that I met with her and had that opportunity. Uh, They were a a remarkable couple. And I just uh, I just uh, sincerely admired her uh, greatly. And I think the country was very fortunate to have her as first lady.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I want to talk a little bit about a statement that President Trump made just a few moments ago saying it's time to revamp the RNC. I know that sounds familiar to me because it's something you've said for quite some time. Uh, the fact that the, the most likely the nominees are so far ahead right now is calling for it. It's probably not a good sign for Ronda McDaniel, is it?
2: Uh, It isn't, but this should be perhaps the least of our considerations. It hasn't been a good time for the Republican Party uh, because her leadership did not uh, bring victory, uh, did not bring wins. And after all, it's about far more than fundraising. Uh, It's about winning and bringing the American people the representation that they deserve. And that means Republicans uh, and conservatives, uh, American first, America first Republicans, Uh, standing up and representing the people uh, of this country. Uh, The RNC lost its way, I think, quite some time ago, and in fairness uh, to Ronna McDaniel, before before she took the job. Uh, Unfortunately, the issues lingered uh, with her uh, as the chair. But we have to have accountability in this party, and we haven't had it for a very, very long time. Uh, It needs to begin with the RNC. It needs to uh, go from there out to to the states, to the committee, men and women of this country who represent the voters. Uh, This this is a time for great energy, great uh, commitment uh, to winning in November. Uh, We have now less than a year to that election, and only now is it occurring to most of the leadership of the Republican Party in speaking, uh, if I may, directly to Capitol Hill It is way past time for them to assert themselves and to make certain the party uh, is representing the American people. Uh, We're no longer a government that uh, requires the consent of the governed, but we are a party that can set an example for this government uh, and restore this constitutional republic that is under threat daily from the Marxist Dems who lead the Democrat Party. Uh, So I'm delighted uh, if there is any movement at all toward uh, achieving that accountability and bringing in new and energetic and focused leadership in putting America first. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Yeah, there's a phrase in stand-up comedy: "read the room," and I don't think the RNC has been reading the room for a very long time. Uh, and it's, I think it bears out in in the support of Ronna McDaniel. I wanted to ask you, though. Speaking of support, uh, a a an 81st birthday gift to the President Joe Biden: the fact that he has fallen behind President Trump by another two points in the Harvard Caps Harris poll. Uh, It's now 48 to 41 President Trump over Joe Biden. But there's another number I wanna ask you about. There are 11% in that poll who claimed that they are undecided. I frankly don't know how you're undecided at this point because there are so many issues that are just on polar opposite sides of the spectrum in each category. But for those 11 percent, for Republicans to claim a good portion of those over to the Republican side in the general election, what do you think they need to focus on?
2: I think they need to focus on who is the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, who is the titular head of the Republican Party, and that is Donald Trump. Uh, it's a it's a it's a moment to me of great moral clarity uh, for all Americans, not just Republicans, but for Democrats who can see just as well as Republicans what is uh, ailing this country, the uh, the leadership of this country that is woe-begone. they are uh, pitiful in their ineptitude uh, and their intent. And it's very clear as you follow the policies where it is, opening up a 2,000-mile-long border with Mexico and then turning it over to the Mexican drug cartels for sex trafficking, human trafficking, uh, the the export of Ill, illegal, deadly drugs into this country. Think about this. We're losing 100,000 American lives a month, and there's no cry here for accountability. There is no cry here for retribution. But those, those 100,000 lives are lost to China with their precursors for fentanyl and to the Mexican drug cartels who are bringing those drugs, uh, deadly drugs, into this country. Uh, and there has to be. And that is what President Trump put in place with his secure, uh, secure border policies and uh, constraining uh, to the lowest levels uh, in modern history uh, illegal immigration. Uh, it's, it's, everybody sees this. And the Marxist Dems have got to take responsibility. For the two failed, uh, inept uh, people that they put into the vice presidency and the presidency. Uh, we haven't had two worse uh, performing uh, individuals in those two offices uh, in, I think, the history of the country. Uh, and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden need to move on not for the sake of uh, putting up more Marxists in other places, but simply to get them out of the White House and to put in uh, an America first president, namely Donald J. Trump, and uh, to make certain that we restore the prosperity that, that President Trump generated as president uh, in his term, uh, the, to look to the policies that work, whether it's border security, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, a modest foreign policy, an energetic domestic policy, energy independence. I mean, this is not, this is a president who has a track record on every issue that Joe Biden is failing America on, uh, from energy to foreign policy, whether it's China, or uh, whether it is the Middle East. Think what this president is doing right now. The, the Republicans, uh, I, this is a moment, as I said, of moral clarity. What could be more clear than the necessary survival of the state of Israel, our ally, our friends, and this nation is dealing with an existential crisis? Uh, against a a series of Arab states, but specifically with Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas in a war. And and this president is asking for a two-state solution. He's asking for a ceasefire. This is madness. Who would do such a thing in the midst of a war? Israel is fighting for its life, President, Vice, I should say, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, is leading his nation with strength and vision and, eye, and and great purpose. And for this president, impaired, inept, uh, compromised, and corrupt to, in, to try to interfere uh, with the, his leadership is to me uh, disgusting and appalling, uh, and he should withdraw the intervention that he's attempted. Because it makes no sense to tr- for this nation, the United States of America, the first to recognize the state of Israel, to try to block that nation's fight against the evil that is Hamas, the terrorist organizations uh, that Iran uh, sponsors, and no one wants to say the word Iran. But the fact is, they are the sponsors and directors uh, of these groups, and we have to hold them accountable. And... Uh, to not do so is morally uh, bankruptcy, in my, on my in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It is a proxy war with Iran. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Lou, we got about a minute left. I just want to ask this there was an earthquake to the south of us last night, Latin America, Argentina, Javier Malay, uh, a warning sign, I think, to socialism all across the world. What is your takeaway? We've got about a minute left.
2: Hallelujah. Uh, and Javier Malay, uh, is, you know, power to him, uh, Godspeed, because he is a man of, uh, I think, a real potential uh, to turn the direction that had been decidedly toward Marxism in South and Central America away and to return to, uh, to the pragmatic uh, conservatism that will do th- that country great good, uh, and of course, a capitalist economy that he will restore.
0: All right, folks, when we come back, Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agents Union, a Border Patrol agent himself, a truth teller about what's really going on at the border. He joins us from Arizona on this Saturday after Thanksgiving 2023. Stay tuned. Going to be a great interview. Provocative. Going to open your eyes, I'm certain. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane, like a tick bite. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second, that's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. We're going to go down to Arizona, and we're going to be joined by Brandon Judd. Of course, he is the head of the National Border Patrol Council, the union that represents our brave men and women and the Border Patrol. Thank you for all you do and all the men and women of the Border Patrol, what they do for us.
3: Thank you, John. And we have an awful lot to be thankful for. Um, we, we've got an election coming up that, that we're going to be very grateful for after that happens. Um, <laughs> but there, there is a lot that we have to be thankful for. We live in the greatest country in the world. Uh, we're the most compassionate country in the world, most generous country in the world. Um, we've got a lot to be grateful for.
0: Yeah. And we have brave men and women like you and others in the Border Patrol that just take care of us day and night. We go to bed sleeping comfortably because of folks like you on that border. And we appreciate that so much. I want to ask a little bit about a movement that I think is going to take effect. Texas has started it. We had uh, Ken Paxton on the show, the attorney general, a couple days ago. But Texas has decided to go back and fight that famous battle of uh, United States versus Arizona. A decade ago, the Supreme Court said, "Ah, states, you can't get involved in border enforcement. Texas said, well, we'll just come up with our own law and do it. This could be the start of something big. Border patrol agents who are looking for help. How important is what Texas has been experimenting with to your men and women?
3: So, John, I was involved with SB 1070. We thought that it was a great law. We thought that it was going to change things here in the state of Arizona. Um, unfortunately, it got shot down by the courts. I'm I'm very happy to see that Texas is now following suit, that Texas is going to do something very, very similar. And we're going to see what the Supreme Court has to say this time. Um, based upon all of the the evidence that we now have, all the knowledge that we have, of what happens if the, if the states are not allowed. It'll be very interesting to see what the Supreme Court says, but it's great that Texas is going to do something. It's great that they're going to uh, try to be able to actually deport people immediately, rather than put them into the hands of the federal government. You and I both know that all we're doing right now is releasing people in the United States, much to the consternation of all the Border Patrol agents. Um, we don't want to do that. That's what we're ordered to do, and because right now it is a lawful act, we have to follow um, that lawful order, unfortunately, for all of us. Yeah.
1: Brandon, you know, th- there are so many issues surrounding illegal immigration. If, if it was just the economic pressure that, that illegal immigration imposes on a country, that would be one thing. But we are now in this new era where the biggest concern is, is, is trafficking, whether it's humans or fentanyl. And uh, you had President Trump over the weekend down in Texas serving Thanksgiving dinner to Border Patrol agents. At the same time, you have President Biden in the White House, who, for his part, uh, you know, he held a, a, a bilat meeting with the president of Mexico to talk about the fentanyl crisis, and he's hosted a number of meetings on that this week. So so Joe Biden is hand, is tackling it from that side, but President Trump is the one who is actually there trying to boost the morale of Border Patrol, and it seems to me that it comes down to an issue of priorities. For the men and women who who you represent, who are there on the border, Is it more important, does it mean more to them to have someone in the White House who's having these meetings or someone who's actually there on the border seeing and feeling and hearing about what happens there and and in exchange serving them dinner?
3: It's a lot more important to see the actual person that's going to implement the policies. They're on the front lines hearing about everything that's going on, what can be done to actually secure our border. It's a lot more important there than going and visiting with other dignitaries of another country. Those countries do not have to follow what we want them to do. We should not be trying to fix the problem in another country. We have control of what happens on our borders. We have control of what happens here. If we try to get other countries involved, we're gonna have to pay a high price for that. The taxpayers are gonna have to shoulder that burden. These countries do not enter into agreements unless we're shelling out money. For those agreements. Whereas if we just implemented policy right here on our side of the border, we could control it tomorrow and, and we could do it without uh, putting the burden on the taxpayer. President Trump has proven that he knows what to do. He's also proven that he's going to do what he said in the past. That's why we support him. That's why we appreciate what he did on the border. And, and Amanda, let me tell you what, what I saw firsthand, was amazing. This was an individual that was on a time constraint. I knew what his time was, and yet he took the time out to shake the hand of every single person that came through that line, to talk to those individuals. He let them take a picture, even though it ruined that, that, that time constraint that he had. He had the Secret Service that was stepping up to him multiple times saying, president you can't do this you have a certain time and he shooed them away and he (laughs) did what was necessary to show the men and women that he appreciated them that he appreciated everything that, that they were trying to do to secure our border for the american people that's how he is with all the ordinary citizens here in the united states it's not just about the powerful it's about those people that want to do right by the american people and we saw that firsthand from the president
0: yeah. Amazing scenery and amazing commitment. Uh, it's funny when official Washington wants to keep on the clock, they actually sometimes ignore the very people they're supposed to be serving. And President Trump showed us, well, he's not the guy that's going to do that. So pretty impressive. Um, I want to ask about something I've heard from a few Border Patrol agent friends of mine in the last few days. Uh, the Homeland Security Chief, Mayorkas, I know he's not closing the border down, but apparently <laughs> he's given some new guidance to agents uh, to make sure they don't misgender border crossers, even illegal border crossers. Make sure you ask him their preferred pronouns is this true it it
3: is true again it's it's so disappointing to see what's going on We, we have got to be able to get out and do the job. We can't be worrying about whether we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Now we have to be cognizant of, of their civil rights, but this is not a civil rights issue. This is simply a matter of preference. And, and, you know, again, taking the time to deal with that rather than deal with the actual laws that we're supposed to be enforcing. This is the woke mob. And, and John, unfortunately, it's the mainstream media that empowers the woke mob. And when the, when, when that mob is involved, we see chaos throughout the United States. It's very unfortunate to see all these, uh, these situations that are going on within DHS. Mm. Yeah, you got to
1: know their pronouns. If you're running a concierge service, you can't tick off your customers. Obviously, it's so important. Um, Brandon, I wanted to ask you about what could potentially happen under a, a new Trump administration. There are a lot of folks out there who are saying that President Trump should impose some type of mass deportation effort. Obviously, finding a way to do that in a humane way is, is very important. Um, but what, what do you think that would look like? And is that even logistically possible?
3: Uh, first and foremost, it starts at the border. We have to secure the border first. If we, de- if we deploy our resources to the interior and we leave that border open, once we remove one person from the interior, another person will take that, that, that person's place. We have to secure it first and foremost on our border. Once we have that under control, then we can look at the logistics, then we can look at how much bed space ICE has, um, how many people we can hold at one time, how we can expeditiously remove these people from the country. But we have to secure our border first. Let's be clear. Under President Biden, we have allowed more than six million people to come into the United States illegally. More than six million people are here. So that's why we've got to do it on the border first. Once we get that done, then we look at expanding out.
0: Yeah, that's a very logical way of doing it, the right way to do it. Uh, Brandon, I don't often talk about this, but I want to raise a subject that most Americans probably don't get from their local news media, and that is the number of times per week that a Border Patrol agent steps into harm's way to rescue uh, an illegal immigrant who gets in trouble in a the river. They dive into the river. Uh, they get in a car crash, and they dive into the crash and try to help them. They provide uh, comfort to people who are injured or, or uh, dehydrated by walking through the desert. They comfort women who been uh, raped by the cartels on the way there, there was a whole side of humanity that the news media never talks about the border patrol. Can you tell us just a little bit about the heroism and compassion that your agents do that never get reported in the media?
3: John, we're the first ones to go into the river. All we have to do is look at uh, at Agent Epling right. um, back. And I believe it was 2004. Agent Epling saw struggling uh, illegal immigrants in the, the Colorado River. He went in the river to rescue those people. He never came out of that river. He left three children behind with one on the way. Mm-hmm. I personally have worked a 17 hour shift trying to save individuals. This happens all the time. We're willing to do what is necessary to save lives. We just wish that we had a president that that had the same concern. We wish that we had a president that realized that it's the rule of law that keeps people safe, whether that's United States citizens or the people that are crossing our borders illegally. Just because you cross the border illegally does not mean that you should be sentenced to death. We should be out there. We should be trying to help them. And we do it all the time. We want to be that compassionate country. We want to be that country to show our great God that we do care, that, that, that we're thankful for all of the blessings that he has given us. Um, we need to be that compassionate, we do it all the time. Every single day, our border patrol agents are out there risking their own lives to save other people's lives, even people that violated our laws.
0: All right, folks, one more good story. It's a fun one, it makes you feel good. This is a story that's gonna put a smile on your face as we head into the holiday season. Lieutenant Colonel Brandy King from the Air Force Reserves. Well, she was kicked out because she wouldn't get the vaccine. The Pentagon came back in the last few days and said, Brandy, come back. We made a mistake. We want you back. Brandy King's story right after these messages. Welcome back, America. If you were over on Justin News earlier this week, you probably saw this story from my amazing colleague, Natalia Middlestadt. The U.S. Army and the Air Force have sent letters to former service members who were separated from the military branches for refusing to comply with the 2021 Defense Department COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Yep, you heard me right. They did a reversal, a 180. The letter provided guidance on how to seek corrections to their discharge records and return to service. By the letter, of course, there weren't any provisions about back pay or time in service credit. That's something I think Congress will be looking into. We're lucky to be joined by one of those brave service members who actually got one of the letters and fought to stay in the military. Colonel Brandy King, an Air Force reservist who is now being reinstated, is joining us right now. Colonel, great to have you on the show. Congratulations and a great successful end to a roller coaster ride.
4: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here with you and share the story.
0: Well, it's an honor that our country has people like you that fight to serve, and even when silly policies, you don't let them get in the way. I think so many people applauded the the plight of your victory here. I think when when this came full circle, a lot of people were cheering on. Tell us uh, what message this sends. A lot of great people that got kicked out of the military, they're now able to come back. This is good, right? We get uh, we get a brain drain reverse. People come back into the military with all your incredible skills.
4: Yes, um, we have seen that the military is losing talent and not able to recruit talent as well. So this is huge that they're bringing me back in, and hopefully it'll be um, indicative of many people having another opportunity and a second chance to go in and serve should they uh, decide to do so. Um, There are a lot of caveats to this story, and it's been a long roller coaster ride, as you mentioned. So um, I'm just honored and happy to be here, and I'm happy that it's come about to this. It's a blessing.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah,
4: Colonel, I I, I think about you know, service members, they
1: obviously have a, a different set of, of morals and a, and a heightened character from most Americans. That's, you know, one of the things that's required to, to have that dedication to fight for our country. But I have to say, as a layperson, as a non military member, if the military told me to buzz off because I didn't get the vax and then they said, oh, please come back, I might be inclined to respond with a little less grace than it seems like you've been responding. My concern is that there are going to be a number of military members who say, yeah, Thanks. But no, thanks. How many of them do you think are going to what do you think the breakdown is going to be of people who are willing to return or not?
4: Well, first, I have to say that these are my views and opinions and not that of the Department of Defense or Air Force. Um, However, I agree with you. I do believe that they will continue to struggle. And the reason for that is I think we've seen people serving an institution instead of the Constitution and we the people. And so the service members who were kicked out for what we believe to be an unlawful mandate that is not commensurate with our creator-endowed rights, those individuals um, of the utmost morals, uh, like you mentioned, they are probably... Potentially not going to want to reenter service to the institution. They served. They signed up to serve uh, and support and defend the Constitution, which I don't think we saw happen over the last two years um, from certain senior leaders. So I, I completely agree with your assessment.
0: And we ought to remind people, it's uh, more than 8,000 service members who were discharged for refusing to get the vaccine. That is such a huge brain drain at a time when the world needed our best and brightest in the military. It's just remarkable. Now... Some of the lawyers who've been at this and that by your side fighting this all the way through, they, they've they said to us, listen, we think this gesture that just suddenly came in is because of the poor recruitment numbers that the military has been suffering through during the Biden years. Do you agree or disagree with that? Do you think the recruitment struggles are part of the reversal of this process?
4: My personal opinion is that it has to be. Um, I don't see how we could have gone through such persecution and alienation um, and be just Picked out, picked to the curb, to to use pop culture, and then automatically um, one day wake up and I am not only back in the Air Force, but I'm also promoted and allowed to promote. Which um, this is the exact opposite treatment that I received in 2021 and 2022. So um, I, I guess yes, I I uh, I think it's a big reversal, and it has to be. Um, somehow, at least correlated to the lack of ability to recruit and retain, retain.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, Colonel, and, and I think that there's a larger concern when you consider, you know, a lot of the ideology that has infected the institution, as you said, of the military. Um, and then of course with this that this move with, with expelling uh, those who weren't vaccinated, it concerns me because I feel like there's going to be a generational reverberation because so often fighting for our country, being in the military, it's something that's generational. It's a family legacy. You have great grandfather to grandfather, to father, to son or daughter. And it's a long lineage of people who serve their country. And my concern is that for those who didn't get the vaccination, who, who are no longer in the military and they don't want to go back. Their sons and their daughters and their, their, their granddaughters and their grandsons are going to hear about this from that person or just in family circles and they're going to not want to be a part of the military. So, so 10, 20, 30 years from now, we are still going to be feeling the repercussions of this.
4: I think that that, again, is an accurate assessment of a, of a situation and something not necessarily to fear, but something that we need to address head on. And I think um, we we need our senior leaders in the Department of Defense to take action and uh, do something that would reverse that potential uh, course. I think uh, there's no doubt that my children, I I would be shocked if my children and their friends and their friends and anyone in my community who knows my story decides to sign up to serve in the military. I would be unbelievably shocked because they saw uh, the horrible treatment that I endured simply for professing my sincerely held religious beliefs. I was fired and then I was uh, denied any sort of accommodation for those religious beliefs. I was denied medical exemptions and then ultimately I was kicked out to the non-participating individual ready reserve with no way to retire. So although I'm extremely happy and I feel blessed that I have an opportunity, it doesn't erase the last two years. So I think Department of Defense needs to do something to remedy and make whole the people that they wrong so badly. And that may hopefully um, help the next generation and, and potentially the generation after that desire to serve
0: all right folks that wraps up our saturday edition of john solomon reports a big thank you to lou dobbs brandon judd and brandy king three great minds three great stories three great patriots three great people who fight for freedom so that we can sleep better at night i'm really thankful for all of them speaking of fighting for freedom my good friends at amac the association of mature american citizens they're fighting for freedom every day as well Join the fight. Match me on my five-year membership. All you got to do is go to amac.us slash justnews. You're going to get a discount on your membership. Take the best discount. Take the five-year membership like I did. It's less than a few dollars a year. It's a great deal. Go check my friends out. Go support them. They're supporting us here, making our journalism possible at just the News and John Solomon reports. All right, folks, that wraps up the Saturday edition. We'll be back tomorrow. All day tomorrow, we're going to showcase five candidates running for the U.S. House, the U.S. Senate. Time to kick into the political season and meet some of the people and learn their position so you can make a more informed decision. All right, that wraps it up. We'll call it a day. We'll be back tomorrow with the Sunday brunch edition. Until then, God bless. Have a great night. And thank you for listening to John Solomon reports, the podcast from... Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you gotta do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800-200-